Welcome to Teaming for Wellbeing, brought to you by the Trading and Technical Assistance Center at Virginia Tech, where our mission is to improve educational opportunities and contribute to the success of children and youth with disabilities. We do this by supporting and building up the educators who work with them, you. We are your hosts, project coordinators, Natalie May and Jen Baldwin. Join us as we talk about tools, tricks, and tips to help positively impact the social, emotional, and behavioral needs of your students, as well as keeping you healthy. Today, we're talking about teacher and staff wellness. So why? Why teacher and staff wellness? This is really a hot topic in education right now, and there's a ton of research being done to learn more about teacher and educator well-being. There was a 2023 study titled On the Outcomes of Teacher Wellbeing. It was a systematic review of research reported a significant relationship of teacher well-being with several factors and desirable outcomes, including teachers' sleep quality, teacher retention, teacher-student relationships, and student outcomes. And when you say hot, it means sizzling hot because Burning. we all know educators need to focus on their own wellness right? We all know that, but it uh-huh. became kind of like a, I don't know, we we said do things, we said be well, but we didn't really support that. And so it kind of made people mad there for a little while. Absolutely. Um, because, you know, what do you mean when you say self-care? What does that really look like? Mm-hmm. And so we're going to dig into that today. And I just want to point out, Natalie, another study um, involving 1,102 German elementary school students, all right? And it was exploring the association between teacher well-being and student mathematics achievement. And as we probably could have predicted, Mm -hmm. if you're a teacher in the classroom, for sure, that they found teachers' emotional exhaustion correlated with significantly lower student mathematics achievement. In an early systematic review of studies exploring the consequences of teacher burnout, on students confirms this correlation. What in the world? I mean, that's wild. I mean, literally, it is saying that when teachers are exhausted and not prioritizing their well-being, or the system isn't prioritizing their well-being, that students' math scores are lower. I can't. I can't even. And this is huge, and I, I really do want that to sink in for a minute with folks, because... If you are an administrator, if you're in leadership roles in a school division, that is tremendous for you to think about. And so we're going to talk about the things we're going to talk about today are really going to help think about how to prioritize that, because there's research that says this is absolutely necessary. And one of the things that I was just fascinated by in this particular article from Smart Brief was the mirror neurons. Um, and I, I'm a brain science junkie. You know I love neurons. Love neurons, love brain science and everything about it. So I'm actually just going to read this because it's huge, and I, I want it. I don't want to mess it up with my own yeah, words. Yeah. So here it goes. The emotional and mental states of human beings are contagious, which we know. And a lot of people frou-frou it like, oh, your negative energy is spewing on me. But it's real. Science. It's true. There's science. Mirror neurons explain why. Mirror neurons are specialized type of brain cell that mimic the firing pattern of the people nearby. Are we hearing this? Huge. This means that when a teacher is anxious, frustrated, and stressed, 
the mirror neurons of her students will fire accordingly, effectively shifting students out of learning mode and into survival mode themselves. What? Kids. What? Stop it. When both teacher and students are operating from the lower reactive parts of their brain, student resistance to learning and classroom management issues increase, which drives the teacher more deeply into stress and frustration, further driving students into their own reactionary brains. My mind is blown. I mean, if that doesn't convince you how incredibly important this topic is, then I don't know what, what would. I mean, stop it right now. I mean, here we go. Leadership, anybody out there who's who's supporting teachers' well-being, there is science behind yep. that this is absolutely a priority for the outcomes of your students. Directly. Directly. I mean, this is, to me, also it can be low hanging fruit. It's, it's more complicated than it seems, but this is something we can fix, Absolutely. something that we can work towards. Um, in that same study from Smart Brief, they also liken teacher wellness to a business uh, model called return on investment. So teachers, instead of investing their money, they are investing their time, energy, and attention to facilitate student learning. But it's really important for you to understand that just like money, their time, energy, and attention they're finite resources. They are not unlimited. Um, and so how can teachers use this concept to make the most out of what they're able to give with what they have? And this could really help with separating the personal feelings of maybe not doing enough to instead maximizing what you have for all of your students. Love it. Love yeah. that. I do think, you know, we can't talk about self-care without talking about how important it is though that this information is only as good as how it applies to you personally some ideas are going to work for some folks and not for others but we encourage you to consider and share these ideas with your colleagues many educators feel like they're drowning in their jobs and it can come off as a bit out of touch when an administrator or someone from central office Reminds them to not forget self-care. Yeah. That's a stinger. That's a stinger. <laughs> and I have been on both sides of this. And I, I do feel like I have to call myself out here. I've been guilty of this. Um, and it's difficult to know exactly how to help other teachers and educators during these overwhelming times with their and just demanding requirements for their jobs. You know, we care so much about our colleagues and, you know, we can feel a bit helpless, but we dug into the research and we're going to do what our best to try to support you. Absolutely. And, and that's so true. I think that's, you know, when we said it in the beginning, it became sort of that four letter word yes. care. What do you mean? What is that? You know, do you actually mean that? Cause it didn't feel like it. And it sort of felt like toxic self-care. Yes. Right. So we're telling you this, but you know, it looks like a piece of candy yeah. or jeans yeah. day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, you're and, drowning, but you're drowning and, but have, have some chocolate, which I love chocolate. I'm not yeah. downing chocolate, but you, I, I totally get it. I totally get it. So I think one of the things we have to do is really validate what we know are barriers, um, in education to self-care and really for everybody. I mean, there are barriers. There are things that get in the way, uh, for educators though, a big one, a big one mm -hmm. for educators is they feel guilty. You feel guilty about prioritizing your own care over that of others, because we're, we're caretakers, we're right? Helpers. We're, we're helpers. helpers. And you know, the last thing we want to do is for anybody to feel like we didn't do what we needed to do to help them. And so that's a big one. Um, and also there's just concern still about the stigma of a teacher who might need 
some support, some emotional support in whatever form that looks like, being able to tell people around her or him that it's necessary. You know, it's a it's a big stigma still. And that's mm-hmm. that's really a big barrier. And then not feeling, especially in certain buildings, that there is support, that there's peer support, right? That there you're the people around you. Sometimes you work in a building that's so big you don't really know a lot of people, yeah, in the building. And so that gets in the way. You know, the last two points that you just made made me think about a phrase that I've heard, and it is burnout is not a badge. It is not something you want to tout and feel honorable. I'm burning, you know, myself at both ends so much I can't do anything. That's, to my opinion, not really something to be proud of. Oh, absolutely not. And I know people are feeling that in such a huge mm-hmm. way. And so and then, as we said, a barrier is just you getting mixed messages from administrators or from district level personnel that say, take care of yourself. But I also have these new things I need you to do and this new um activity that I need you to be in charge of. And I also may need you to head this committee this year and, you know, all the things. And so it's this mixed message and you don't have planning time. Do all of that in the same amount of time as you do everything else. I need you to cover this class. Mm -hmm. And we know those things are real. Finding substitutes is really difficult. And, you know, you're trying to manage as an administrator, but there's just got to be this balance and prioritizing of what your teachers need. And, and, and we know administrators need it too. You know, administrators sometimes feel uh, sort of in a silo and kind of alone in their own work. And so it's important for them as well, but we're going to really focus in on how maybe administrators can help their teachers and maybe it impacts them as well. Um, like we said, barriers, schools, some schools don't have spaces that would allow for like a self-care area or space. And I've seen great ones in some schools and then other schools are just not designed to have any extra space that really allows a teacher to get away and sort of be in their own space for 10 minutes or whatever they need. Some teachers and professionals are fighting for closet space as an office space. Yeah. I mean, it's real and we, we totally understand that. And so it's thinking outside the box a little bit of how, how you could do that, what that would look like. Um, again, school culture, like if you're just in a building that's not prioritizing that and everybody is stressed out, there's no social connections. You mm-hmm. don't feel like that's a community that in itself, a huge barrier to self-care. Uh, again, we said those new initiatives, right? Those new initiatives every year that you think you're not going to get another one, but it's shiny. another one. They're nice and shiny. Woo! And new. This is the new thing. Um, and, you know, if there's a resource available to teachers, some teachers don't even know about it. They don't even mm-hmm. know what could help them that their division or district may have. And so it's important to kind of think about that, too, as a leader of present all of the possibilities to your staff about what could they do to help and themselves. How to access it. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the barriers is if, if that was, let's say, counseling is only available on a weekday during school hours, that is a huge barrier to access for that self-care for that professional. Absolutely. And so how can you work with HR, whoever has those initiatives to um, make those more accessible, whether it's the time of day, allowing more time away from their class, whatever it may be. All right, Jen, so let's dig in. We got some ideas. Strategies. Got some strategies. I think the first one that I really wanted to put on here is to just ask. Talk to your colleagues, ask, ask them how they are doing, ask them what they need for support for their well-being. Again, like I said before, everyone is different. And based on their current level of work stress, personal stress, that answer can change. Check the pulse of those around you 
support them in the best way that you can with the spoons that you have available to you. Um, if you're going to do this, you need to ensure that that information is used and not just done to say you did something. So don't just say you're going to help someone and then not follow through. If you make those false promises, it's just going to create a lack of trust among your colleagues or your staff if you're an administrator. Absolutely. I mean, it's so important. And, you know, I think one of the best ways to do this, um, there's a couple of ways, but one of my favorites is um, for those of you who are familiar with Kathleen Beachboard, her book, The School of Hope. And if you're not, we certainly encourage you to read it. It's lots so of good. suggestions in there specifically for staff well-being, um, not only to help your students, but also really dial in on staff is the emergency self-care plan and find a partner in your school building who you know can support you. And it maps out what you need in a time of feeling overwhelmed when you may need to tap out, mm -hmm. you may need 10 minutes or whatever it is. And your partner has this plan and they know the things that you need without having to ask you. They know what the signs are. They know maybe it's a cup of coffee. Maybe it's uh, dark chocolate, dark chocolate. Maybe it's, I've got your class. You go, we'll make it happen. Um, and you share that with that partner and you make sure that you talk it out and you know what you need so that when that time comes, cause it will, it will, you are ready to go and there's no questions asked. You just move. Yeah. Um, and that goes into that tap in, tap out. Um, you know, it's, it's difficult when you're teaching, especially at the elementary, at every level, really, because you don't know when you're going to need it and who's available. Yep. But that's why it's really important for an administrator to support that system. Absolutely. A lot of this is. It's got to be administrator supported. It really does. And um, so, you know, those are just two suggestions um, to start with. And then one of the big things, and, and this is hard, you know, because I've worked as a teacher, I've worked mm -hmm. with administrators and, and division level folks. Um, we are so focused on adding the new thing, right? The new mm -hmm. initiative, the new committee that we don't ever stop and really reduce things because we're so busy trying to learn the new thing that it, it just isn't a priority because it's, you know, time goes by. I think one of the things that needs to happen is focusing in on um, teachers not having as much um, and really being able to focus in on student learning. Um, and that is administrators being able to help teachers just focus on their state of being. And that goes back to the mirror neurons, right? That if a teacher can be in a healthy state, relaxed, open, best version of themselves, they're more likely to connect with their students their students feel that, right? Their passion for teaching comes through, benefits the students as well. Um, and so that goes into these next couple of things with administrators being able to take a few things away, maybe. Yeah, take things off the plate. Um, so if you are an administrator and you're listening, I think one thing that we did find is it is important to have your staff needs met or at least feel that their concerns are being heard and taken seriously. If you've heard me talk before, I will say, listen and validate. People want to be heard. Um, they want to be taken seriously. These are adults that we work with and they should be treated as such. So if they come to you with a problem, listen, try to do something to help them. 
this could really be as simple as allowing teachers to have autonomy over their use of planning time or their professional development days, and not just like a canned training that doesn't really apply to them. Um, Because that can be incredibly frustrating when they have a million other things to do. Yeah. And you've got teacher leaders and teachers who uh, have great skills in certain areas that could share those skills Yes, and and share with each other, create learning communities and and really take over their own learning. Go on. Um, Administrators could also provide teachers with occasional classroom takeover for morning meeting to allow more time for planning for teachers. This could be like an, an incentive or just something that an administrator does throughout the year to maybe whoever may need it at that moment. Go in, take over the class for a simple routine procedure like a morning meeting. Just do that. It could be 10, 20 minutes, and that can make a big difference in the teacher's day. Um, I also think it's really important that administrators should defend their teacher's boundaries. They should encourage staff to create systems that allow them to disconnect from work outside of their contracted hours. You know, it's one thing to say, don't take your work home with you. Don't answer your emails after hours. But if you expect a response or send emails at 5 a.m. or 8 p.m. and and really want to hear something back, then you are not being consistent with your expectations. Defend them. If they need those five minutes for lunch that's uninterrupted, cannot be scheduled over, stand by them, support them if they get pushback from anybody. Yeah, and you want to think about what are options my staff could, could do that would make them feel good here in the school building? What could yeah. we, what could we provide for them? And so survey your, your staff. Like, what do you, what do you find fun? What could we bring here that you could do um, with each other? Yeah. Right. So do we want a running walking club? Are there people who run a walk and what group would want to do that and, and help set that up? Right. I've um, seen that in schools and it works. And we all know that exercise is good for your well-being. And so it's creating community among staff. It's giving them a chance to exercise and have that camaraderie between each other. Absolutely. Uh, along those same lines, yoga club, pickleball club. Just started yeah. playing pickleball. Love it's, it. It's great. Um, you know, all the interests. But book club, mm-hmm. you know, maybe it is educational books or maybe it's not. Yeah. You know, maybe this one is just for fun. Yeah. You know, it needs to be for fun, too. And so just think about that because... You know, you're going to spend a lot of your time in that school building and finding some joy while you're in it, in addition to the teaching joy, hopefully, and getting to know your colleagues in a different way, especially if you're in a really big school. Yes. That having clubs like that for your staff allows people to connect to folks they wouldn't get to know otherwise. You think of first-year teachers and how intimidating that can be if they don't have a mentor they see very often, or they're maybe not as connected with the people in their department or grade level or whatever it may be. Um, So allowing that time for them to connect with each other and also allowing that time to be a judgment-free space. So your staff can just share their thoughts and feelings, maybe about their job, about their day, whatever it may be. This is not a place where the administrator needs to really be a big part of because they need to feel secure. And whether you like it or not, an administrator will always be viewed as a person with power over that, over an educator because they're the one supervising them. Right. And so that's no fault to you, but give them that space to do it. Um, it could also be a great space for them to share ideas and resources about their job. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think everybody needs that safe space, everybody. Um, and so, yeah, we certainly encourage that. And in addition, 
Uh, there are some free apps, and we know people say this all the time, free apps, blah, blah, blah. But there really are some good ones out there that are free that are really, really helpful. Uh, one of them being Healthy Minds, um, Headspace, Calm is another one, um, and it can help manage stress. Mm -hmm. If you are an app person, we encourage you to try it. Just look at them, try it out, see if there are things on there that could help you put some routines for self-care in your day, if nothing else, right? Just a little, something small. You know, it doesn't have to be anything big. If you don't want to join a club, mm -hmm. you know, something that you can do for yourself. That's free. And I've used Headspace. It's, it's great. Um, I think it's important also to allow your teachers uh, to complete their work in a way that works for them. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think it's really hard as a, as a building or a district level person, not to micromanage, right? Mm. Because you do feel the pressure. So if you're an administrator, we, we know you feel the pressure from that district level. We know at the district level, you've got things coming down from the state level. But micromanaging, that really just takes the wind out of the sails of your educators. That's the best way to put it. Just deflates mm -hmm. them feeling you know, like they're a professional. It makes them feel like children. Yeah. And, and so it, it's, we encourage you in the best way possible to include your teachers in discussions of things, give them the autonomy to um, really take over their lear the learning of the students and, and do what they know how to do. Um, and we know that, that sometimes that can be hard, but we really encourage you to involve teachers in a conversation about how you can do that. Yeah. Great points. Um, to wrap up, I want to share, you know, our personal stories of whatever self-care tools that we find helpful. Um, personally, I like to journal. I have a hard time sometimes getting my emotions out verbally. And so if I put them on paper, it's a little bit better. I also really like to roller skate. I actually just retired from playing roller derby for 10 years. And so I am kind of in a transition of not roller skating as much to so trying to find something else I can do. So whether it's going to the boxing gym or playing pickleball, um, those are things I've, I've been using to take care of myself. Absolutely. I think uh, if I had not had the things that I love to do outside of, of being an educator, I, I would have cracked for sure. I mean, I, I don't say that lightly. Um, I'm a tennis player. I love tennis. Mm -hmm. Anytime I can get out on the court, whether outside or inside, I'm on the court. I also love music and I love to sing. And I try to do it as much as I can, even if it's in my car. Which I do a lot, by oh, the way. Oh, I love to sing in the car. <laughs> which I do a lot, by the way. Free concerts. Um, yeah. Woohoo! And Natalie and I also sing in the office together, just that's FYI. True. I mean, um, and love the pickleball. It's new for me, but I'm loving it, loving it. Thanks to Natalie for introducing me with her portable pickleball net. Oh, you're darn right. I keep that net with me all the time. Woo! So, guys, over winter break, we highly encourage you to create self-care tools that work for you. Think about what you enjoy, how you can incorporate it into your daily schedule. Keep it simple. Keep it realistic. Okay. You don't have to do this big grandiose thing. It could be five minutes of day, five minutes of your day where you just dance to a song that you think is fun and just let loose. Um, think about roller skating. Think about cooking a new recipe and whatever else works for you. You guys deserve it. Enjoy your time. Absolutely. You deserve it. You, you've got to do things for yourself. Guilt-free. Uh, your wellness is priority so that you can be ready to be the best teacher possible.
thank you so much for listening. And as always, we hope this has given you a resource tool or idea that you can easily use and share. You can find the show notes on our website at ttac.vt.edu, where all the resources discussed are linked. Don't forget to sign up for our weekly newsletter, ABC123, at ttac.vt.edu backslash index backslash abc123.html. Thank you.